0: Chapter Ten of How to Live on Twenty Four Hours a Day by Arnold Bennett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten: Nothing in Life is Humdrum. Art is a great thing, but it is not the greatest. The most important of all perceptions is the continual perception of cause and effect. IN OTHER WORDS, THE PERCEPTION OF THE CONTINUOUS DEVELOPMENT OF THE UNIVERSE. IN STILL OTHER WORDS, THE PERCEPTION OF THE COURSE OF EVOLUTION. WHEN ONE HAS THOROUGHLY GOT IMBUED INTO ONE'S HEAD THE LEADING TRUTH THAT NOTHING HAPPENS WITHOUT A CAUSE, ONE GROWS NOT ONLY LARGE-MINDED, BUT LARGE-HEARTED. IT IS HARD TO HAVE ONE'S WATCH STOLEN. But one reflects that the thief of the watch became a thief from causes of heredity and environment which are as interesting as they are scientifically comprehensible, and one buys another watch, if not with joy, at any rate with a philosophy that makes bitterness impossible. One loses, in the study of cause and effect, that absurd air which so many people have of being always shocked and pained by the curiousness of life such people live amid human nature as if human nature were a foreign country full of awful foreign customs but having reached maturity one ought surely to be ashamed of being a stranger in a strange land the study of cause and effect while it lessens the painfulness of life adds to life's picturesqueness the man to whom evolution is but a name looks at the sea as a grandiose, monotonous spectacle, which he can witness in August for three shillings third-class return. The man, who is imbued with the idea of development, of continuous cause and effect, perceives in the sea an element which, in the day before yesterday of geology, was vapor, which yesterday was boiling, and which tomorrow will inevitably be ice. He perceives that a liquid is merely something on its way to be solid, and he is penetrated by a sense of the tremendous, changeful picturesqueness of life. Nothing will afford a more durable satisfaction than the constantly cultivated appreciation of this. It is the end of all science. Cause and effect are to be found everywhere. Rents went up in Shepherd's bush. It was painful and shocking that rents should go up in Shepherd's Bush. But to a certain point we are all scientific students of cause and effect, and there was not a clerk lunching at Lyon's Restaurant, who did not scientifically put two and two together and see in the once two-penny tube the cause of an excessive demand for wigwams in Shepherd's Bush and the excessive demand for wigwams the cause of the increase in the price of wigwams. "'Simple,' you say disdainfully. "'Everything, the whole complex movement of the universe, is as simple as that, when you can sufficiently put two and two together. "'And, my dear sir, perhaps you happen to be an estate agent's clerk.' and you hate the arts and you want to foster your immortal soul and you can't be interested in your business because it's so humdrum nothing is humdrum the tremendous changeful picturesqueness of life is marvelously shown in an estate agent's office what there was a block of traffic in oxford street to avoid the block People actually began to travel under the cellars and drains, and the result was a rise of rents in Shepherd's Bush. And you say that isn't picturesque? Suppose you were to study, in this spirit, the property question in London for an hour and a half every other evening. Would it not give zest to your business and transform your whole life? You would arrive at more difficult problems. And you would be able to tell us why, as the natural result of cause and effect, the longest straight street in London is about a yard and a half in length, while the longest absolutely straight street in Paris extends for miles. I think you will admit that in an estate agent's clerk I have not chosen an example that especially favors my theories. You are a bank clerk, And you have not read that breathless romance, disguised as a scientific study, Walter Begahot's Lombard Street? Ah, my dear sir, if you had begun with that, and followed it up for ninety minutes every other evening, how enthralling your business would be to you! And how much more clearly you would understand human nature! You are pinned in town!' BUT YOU LOVE EXCURSIONS TO THE COUNTRY, AND THE OBSERVATION OF WILD LIFE, CERTAINLY A HARD-ENLARGING DIVERSION. WHY DON'T YOU WALK OUT OF YOUR HOUSE DOOR, IN YOUR SLIPPERS, TO THE NEAREST GAS LAMP OF A NIGHT, WITH A BUTTERFLY NET, AND OBSERVE THE WILD LIFE OF COMMON AND RARE MOTHS THAT IS BEATING ABOUT IT, AND COORDINATE THE KNOWLEDGE THUS OBTAINED, AND BUILD A SUPERSTRUCTURE ON IT and at last get to know something about something. You need not be devoted to the arts, not to literature, in order to live fully. The whole field of daily habit and scene is waiting to satisfy that curiosity which means life, and the satisfaction of which means an understanding heart. I promised to deal with your case, O man who hates art and literature, and I have dealt with it. I now come to the case of the person, happily very common, who does like reading. End of chapter 10